the path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful spells. She's actually sending me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. Twenty years ago, three young friends realized they were witches. They scattered to different parts of the world, following magic and spirit. Now, they're back in their hometown to share what they've learned. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast, your home for living as a witch in today's world. Hi, everybody. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast. I'm Courtney. I am hosting this special bonus episode, the self-isolation slash social distancing witchcraft episode, which is new to all of us. And I am joined remotely by Hillary. Hello. And Kanani. Hello. And this is really weird because normally the three of us get together and we record in Hillary's basement. It usually starts with us having lunch, bitching about people we don't like, gossiping about people we haven't seen in a while, and then usually saying something really dirty. And then we eventually find ourselves in the basement recording this. And now we are sitting in each of our respective homes. I would be lying if I would say I'm not a glass and a half of wine into the evening. I don't normally drink wine on a weeknight, but it is the apocalypse. And my husband brought home a really, really nice bottle from Oak Cove Vineyards, which I happen to know is one of Kanani's favorite places to drink wine. So I felt it was appropriate. So (laughs) sorry, everyone, if things get a little loopy. Um, Anyway, we're releasing a bonus episode because... um, this is a uh, a time of global crisis and Life sucks right now. <laughs> it's a little crazy. Let's say it. <laughs> but I was actually talking to Kanani today, and um, we have something to confess on the show: is that this is all her fault. Because honestly, this is everything she's ever wanted is not only permission but orders by an authority where she doesn't have to talk to anybody for six weeks. Yeah, right now, people are the asshole if they ask me to leave my house. I know, it's right. But I just had this vision of like the fairy godmother coming and sitting down to Kanani and saying, I will give you one wish, but there will always be a twist. And Kanani said, I don't want to talk to people for six weeks. She said, okay, I will give you what you wish for, but then you have to homeschool your children. Yeah, I didn't ask for that shit. And then she was like, oh, no, (laughs) this is bullshit. And she called me, she's like, yeah, I'm trying to get them to learn. Oh God. It was actually really funny. I'm like, this is what you wanted. It's also your worst nightmare, which is basically how magic works. You get what you want. And then there's a caveat. And so Kanani is the illustration. She doesn't have to talk to anyone, but then she has to homeschool. So her greatest wish and her worst nightmare all at the same time, thanks to a global pandemic. You're welcome, says COVID-19. Yeah. Except for now I have to talk to everyone all the time. I just am not allowed to leave my house. <laughs> because my but, phone doesn't stop ringing, my texts don't stop going off, and my email won't stop going off, but I don't get to leave my house. It's called do not disturb mode. All I can say is, Dairy Queen, I'm sorry. I did my best to keep you in business all these years. <laughs> oh my God, what if they all shut down forever? You will. That's not <laughs> I, thought, I thought about that today because they have closed. <laughs> 
all the we're we're in Oregon and all the restaurants have been closed by order of the governor for what is it three weeks a month? Uh, I think it's until April. I think it's three weeks. Um, But then the thing is, though, but actually, Dairy Queen might still be okay because pickup and delivery drive through. Which is how Kanani deals with Dairy Queen anyway. She doesn't go inside. Literally, the Dairy Queen is less than a block from my house, and she gets in her car to drive through the drive through. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, absolutely true. We don't have to worry about her going to the store, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. But uh, speaking of the stores, so I had this total first world problem uh, this week with this whole, I mean, honestly, I've had really complicated feelings about this whole situation because to be honest, I am at heart an introvert. I would rather just be with my books and my pets and my husband and not leave the house ever. But just because of life and my upbringing, I'm dragged out and need to be social. So there's this permission of, oh, I can stay home. Well, this is great. At the same time, it's been really frustrating because my husband's birthday is tomorrow. And I, yeah, weeks ago, I got us a reservation at this restaurant. We've been wanting to try for a really long time. And it it was kind of like after nine 11, when I was on the East coast and I wanted to come home and I, and I was so ready to be home. And I saw that the stuff I'm like, well, they're not going to cancel the flights. Are they, I'm not going to be stuck on the East coast. Am I? And I was totally stuck on the East coast. It was the same thing. I was like, well, they're not going to close the restaurants, are they? I mean, they're ending the concerts, but they're not going to close the restaurants, are they? And then, you know, Sunday, I get a call from the restaurant where they said, yeah, we're closing for the next few weeks. So I'm sorry, your reservation's canceled. So I was going to go to the store and pick up materials to make my husband's very favorite chicken dish. It's like, okay, well, if I can't take him out. I'll at least cook for him. Oh my God. It's like, anti-Soviet Union propaganda at the Safeway. There is no chicken. It's all gone. Everyone's like, oh my God, COVID-19, the apocalypse, buy all the chicken and all the bread and the pizza crusts for some reason. It's like weird. I mean, yes, of course, we know the toilet paper is all gone, but then all of a sudden the chicken is all gone and the bread and the pizza crusts. I'm like, what the? And it was 6.30 in the morning, y'all. I went to the grocery store at 6 30 in the motherfucking morning to try to get the stuff. And the line of course was all the way across the store. So I ended up being in line for like 45 minutes and there was nothing on the shelves. And everyone was just like, yeah, no chicken today, no chicken tomorrow, maybe chicken on Wednesday. I don't know. And I'm like, this is, this is really weird. And I'm, and I normally consider myself like an anti-capitalist, you know, like this is, we need to do that. Then anything that's latent in me, like, comes out and it's like, this is unbelievable. Where's my chicken? Where's my bread? So it's, it's just been a thing. But at the same time, I'm, um, I'm actually enjoying that. I don't have to be anywhere. Like I said, some things are frustrating. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm honestly very concerned about, you know, um, the people in my life. Like I can't see my parents for the next few weeks cause they're in that risk factors yeah. age. And yeah. And the one person who has died in Oregon so far from this virus is in their County. And so I'm just like, guys, I'm not going to see you for a few weeks. We're just going to hang out. Um, but it's also been really nice to just focus on the tasks immediately ahead of me and, you know, get my house in order. Um, and you know, but at the same time, it's, it's, um, it's, it's just weird. You know, it's just a weird freaking time. It's weird recording with you all remotely and not being in Hillary's basement. Um, 
And it's weird the way all of a sudden Facebook has suddenly started censoring everybody's posts oh about God. that. This like happened tonight. So I don't know what the deal was. No. Well, so here's something weird. I've also been noticing that posts like on Instagram and Facebook both being uh, censored. So it's kind of crazy. I was like, what? Things that like are surprising to censor. I mean, like certain things you would assume yes, right? Because there's a lot, there's a lot of sharing of misinformation. So like, right. But, but like general news articles off of like credible news sources are being censored. Which is weird. So strange. I think it's that they're trying. It's like Facebook has suddenly figured out, oh, let's be responsible. So they're being like uber responsible. So now they're like the overzealous bus monitor in fourth grade that's like commenting if you're, you know, if your backpack is sitting on the seat and not on your lap. It says something like being ridiculous where (laughs) in the past it was just, you know, basically Lord of the Flies, that sort of thing. Yeah, but Kanani, this has like impacted you most directly because you have the small humans that you're supposed to be dealing with. So, what's your life right now like as in this this time of self quarantine? I am sitting in the pajamas that I put on this morning. <laughs> I am drinking vodka in my Seven Up, <laughs> and. Life has pretty much been an awful dumpster fire shit show for about the last three to four weeks. <laughs> and I am honestly barely, barely hanging on. So I'm happy that we're putting out a podcast for people because I have a feeling that there is a lot of, big, frankly, a lot of my stress and the issues that I'm having, I'm lucky enough that it's not directly impacting me, my husband, my children per se. It's family members that we have Mm -hmm. that are in literal dire straits right now that are in horrible, horrible positions. And it's awful. And we're limited to how much we can help. And it adds incredibly to our stress level. And, you know, we've got two kids now who aren't going to be going to school for at least another six weeks. And we're trying to figure out the uh, homeschool program that the school is trying to do, which every day gets a little bit easier, but we're trying to figure that out. Meanwhile, I mean, I'm very grateful because I'm still working. I'm able to work from home, but that means that while I'm trying to deal with all of this, I'm also trying to hold down my full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. And to turn off the one and try and work is really, really hard. And I'm really lucky that I have, you know, a good uh, work support system and things like that because I'm, I'm, I'm at that point where it's like, I just want to start laughing uncontrollably because otherwise I'm just going to absolutely fall apart. Like there's just, and we, and, and the saddest part is we're actually in a fairly good position. I can work from home. So I still have a paycheck. We have other family members who have already been laid off. They will not have a paycheck. My husband is a teacher and so he is not working. So he can be home to help with the kids with the homeschooling while I'm trying to work, which is amazing. So a lot of people are trying to work from home while the other person's still trying to work out of the house. And we have to wonder kind of what's going to happen with his job with all the stuff that's happening. 
And so financially we're not super impacted yet. Um, and so I think about the immense amount of stress that I am under and everything that's happening right now. And then I think about the people who literally have lost their job and I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know how they do it because like I said, I'm, I'm barely hanging in there as it is. And I feel like we're in a relatively stable situation, all things considered, despite what's going on with many members of our extended family, which we're also trying to help and, and be a part of. So, I mean, my heart is just breaking for so many people because it's just, it's a, it's a surreal nightmare. It, it just is. Yeah. It's, I definitely have a lot of friend, close friends that have already been impacted and laid off. And I mean, they're taking all the right steps to get whatever assistance is available to them, but it's not what, what their paycheck is, you know? So it's, it's definitely a time that I think is super challenging. I feel very fortunate also to be able to work from home. Um, it has been totally crazy. I run an office facility, so um, trying to do all the emergency preparedness around COVID-19 has like just literally been all day, every day, trying to like make sure that we're all set and we're following all the protocol, you know, so it's, it's definitely been chaotic. And um, I still have to go in occasionally to check on things. Um, uh, but, you know, I feel very fortunate that, you know, there is some work that I can do from home to keep me busy so that I can continue to be on the payroll, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely challenging. And, you know, I know, um, a lot of my coworkers have kids and a lot of my friends that are working from home have kids and, you know, companies, I, people are, I feel like are being understanding because these are like unusual circumstances, but it's a challenge. I mean, I know that they struggle to balance that. So, you know, I really like honor you for how much you've had to deal with Kanani and, and, you know, like continuing to do such a good job with your kiddos at home. Yeah. We talked about having home economics class at, um, at my house this week where I could teach her daughter how to make a chocolate fudge cake. Um, but now we're reconsidering cause there, there is a uh, likely that I've been exposed to the virus, um, just through a couple of different uh, circumstances. So we're, we're playing that by ear to decide yeah. if that's a good idea or not. So, um, you know, it's, um, and, and I'm, I'm in the same boat, um, that both of you are, I know I work from home. Um, so this has been, it's not been a big switch for me, but a number of, of my plans got changed. Uh, you know, our, our, um, the episode we released earlier this week, we were talking about Paganicon and then between the worlds, these two big witchcraft conferences that were scheduled and they've been canceled. Um, I was actually supposed to be in new Orleans over the weekend for my day job. And I was going to get to see Aisha Rashid, who we had interviewed yeah. back in December. And I was so excited to see her. And I was supposed to see Najah Lightfoot, another one of our guests. I was going to see her in April in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And all of those, those things have been canceled. Um, you know, it's, I think what I, I try to keep going back to, and this is just where, as Kanani would say, I'm a totally creepy nerd. One of my favorite 
things to research when I'm bored on the internet is uh, the bubonic plague of like the 14th century in Europe. And <laughs> just, I don't know. I love plague stories and, and epidemics and, you know, the movie outbreak. I'm always been in the book, the stand, like those, that kind of stuff. So now I'm living through the things I've always been fascinated by in a morbid sense. And one thing I remembered is it doesn't matter where your ancestors come from. Every single person who is alive is the descendant of somebody who survived some sort of pandemic or epidemic somewhere because epidemics, pandemics, whatever you call it, are part of human experience. They're part of the life cycle of this planet. And so every single person that's that's alive right now has has ancestors, plural, not just one, who survived that. And it's like we're in the best position right now to get through this because of the information circles that we have, because we are able to communicate things so quickly, and because we do have these very efficient systems that put this stuff in place so that we can be aware of what the virus can do, who it's going to affect the most, and how to avoid it. Whereas in many other cultures and previous generations, they didn't have that information. Right. And so we're really, that's what I remember when I start to get frustrated and down is like, you know, I go back a thousand years and my, uh, my, my, uh, ancestry and somebody is, 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 uh, surviving something like this, but with a lot less information and a lot fewer antibiotics. So that's, that's what I'm thankful for. And I'm, I'm also just in a lot of awe by, by how every single person on this planet right now that we are in con- connection with is, is making some kind of sacrifice. You know, I was actually had a conversation with one of my friends in Ireland who was, you know, frustrated by, you know, the, the challenges of homeschooling saying things that were similar to what Kanani is doing. So on the other side of the world, they're dealing with that too. And we're all doing this because we want to protect our elders and the most vulnerable people in our communities. And it's, uh, it's really a beautiful thing. It's, it's truly, when you step back and look at it that way, um, as scary as this time is and as frustrating as it is and how boring it is, it's also really beautiful. And so I'm, I'm thankful that I can witness um, an epidemic from this lens and not from the lens of a 13th century, 14th century peasant in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> I think for sure. I mean, I've been really like, I think the sense of community that I've seen pop up, you know, um, I'm in a number of community groups locally and also like, you know, still kind of involved with community groups that are abroad. And I see all of those people coming together in many different ways, like offering to go shopping for the elderly, offering to help, you know, with kiddos, you know, all, all sorts of kind of really amazing um, offerings by a community. And I think it's how we're going to survive this together. And I think, you know, um, I was saying today, you know, it's like all of the steps that we're taking by isolating and social distancing is really to protect those that are most vulnerable, especially since, um, some people are totally asymptomatic and can spread the virus. So, you know, it's like, I've thought about that a lot. Like, you know, do I even, you know, do you even want to interact with people that are, that are vulnerable? Probably. I mean, I have been avoiding anyone I know that is, is vulnerable because I've had to be out there doing some work stuff in the community and in, at my workplace. So it's just, I think that every, everything that we're all doing collectively and can continue to do to protect those that are most vulnerable right now is huge. And I think the 
the outpouring of, of community and the community outreach that is happening within both neighborhood communities, online communities, international communities of just supporting one another. I was, um, I was on a, <laughs> I was on a like 10, 10 person video call with a bunch of, um, composers and musicians that obviously had to cancel all their shows. I had to cancel a huge show that I had booked in LA. Um, and you know, so we were all kind of in the same boat and immediately we were like, okay, what if, what if we put this track together? Do you want to build something on this track? Let's make some music together. Let's do something. Let's, let's yeah. have a way to find a way to connect creatively and community and community wise with one another while we have to stay in our homes. So I've been really just kind of blown away by, um, how much people have offered each other and really checked in on one another. And I think I agree with you, Courtney, that, that we're, this isn't just us experiencing this on our own. This is like everyone globally experiencing the same thing really is, um, really shows us that we're all connected much more than, than we think, you know? Yeah. So one thing I would, I would love to have each of you talk about for a second is we've talked about the, the, the frustrations and the inconvenience of this time, but it'd be really wonderful to hear what each of you are doing personally and magically to occupy this time or to take care of yourself. So what, what is, what are you up to these days to, to make this time worthwhile and, uh, and bearable? Well, um, I actually, today, um, I have, uh, I've, so first of all, I have a problem with herbs. I've realized <laughs> as I've like been looking through, I was like, this is a good time to create spells. Uh, um, like I, I've said a, a number of times, I'm sure, uh, I do a lot of candle magic. I also do a lot of bath magic. Um, and so like, I actually, started kind of looking yesterday, started looking through some of my herbs going, I, cause I think, I actually think it stemmed out of me going, what should I go get to this? To, what, what do I need to get? And I was like, stop it, Hillary. You, have you, so much you panic buying it. magic supplies. I, I, I mean, I thought about it. I like literally was like, well, one of the shelves at the Raven's wing. Huh? You cleared the shelves at the Raven's wing. No, I mean, I wanted to support local magic stores one, but also I was like, wait, before you go out and like panic buy magic supplies, like you have a, so much shit in your house. Like, so I started going through the herbs that I have in like excess, like just extraordinary excess and was like, why am I, what am I even talking about? I have all these things that I've collected to, to do spells with, to make things with what the hell am I talking about going outside to go get something or like ordering it online or whatever. So, um, although I have to say <laughs> Erica at QMEB is there doing like, pick, uh, like order and pickup, uh, orders where you can just drive by and, and they drive have through magic supplies. Does she have a drive through window at her store now? I mean, she, they're basically doing drive through magic supplies. So I was, like, oh, this is, I was like, this is a real danger for me because on an ethical level, I don't feel like I'm going out there and exposing people. And on a, and on a personal level, my, my need to, to buy, you know, I'm a tourist. I'm like, collect things, 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 you know? So it's a danger, but I started going through my herb cabinet and was like, man, there's so much stuff in here that I could, I could do bath mixes with for ritual bath magic that I could add to some of my candle magic that I could burn. A lot of those, a lot of the herbs I have are, um, that can be used in smoke cleansing. So 
I mean, I've just been trying to focus on a couple of things. I think for me, when, it, when I am, um, I'm a very social person. So for me, this is like a, a, dif- a, a difference in life, you know? Um, and so I really like, I'm taking my time. I had started doing some, um, some online classes just on herb work. And so I was like, what better time to catch up on that? Um, uh, just to kind of expand my knowledge of magical herb use and, and then just creating products that I can share. I also felt like what a good time for, for me to focus on, you know, writing some spells or putting together some herb mixes that I can share with our listeners and our community that they can use during this time. So for me, it's really like studying, learning, and then trying to actually utilize this like insane amount of supplies that I have rather, you know, that I, that I, that I think I always have nothing, but I actually have quite a lot of stuff. It's such a good, good opportunity to get in touch with what you have, like get in touch with your stuff. Yeah, exactly. Get in touch with your stuff. What about you, Kanani? What have you got going on? Well, in trying to not just run away from home now that apparently that's not an option anymore. <laughs> at least for the time being. Um, it's now breaking the law. It's no longer just frowned upon by society. It's actually really. Exactly. Cops will actually bring me home and be like, no, you have to stay there. <laughs> um, I actually, so I have some, I have some resource books. I'm the, I'm the nerd tonight. I have some resource books. Um, and I actually repicked up a book that I, it's, it's the one, it's the one book in my house that is like, you can tell it's been read 20 times and it's called quiet mind, fearless heart, the Taoist path through stress and spirituality. So when are you going to read that book? I, I am reading it again for the 8 millionth time. <laughs> and, um, I am honestly, I am just trying to cope. Um, at this point, a few weeks ago, we found out that we had two very, um, important family members that both, uh, needed to find new housing within a very short period of time. And that is not easy and it is not inexpensive. And that was about a week after they started talking about the whole coronavirus thing about how things might start shutting down and things of that nature. And so I was already on edge and concerned. Um, I, I, I hear a lot about, you know, what's going on, things from the CDC. And so I was already very nervous and anxious. And then I had, knowing all this is going on, I had two family members that very quickly needed to find new homes. Um, it has already worked out for one, which is awesome. It is, it is still a process for another Um, at that point I was so on the edge. I just literally, I went into my closet and I grabbed a candle and I just carved the ever loving fuck out of it and, you know, rubbed it with some peaceful home oil and some other things I had. And just at that point I was just so overwhelmed. I was just like, I I can't hang on to this. And so I put it all into the candle and just, you know, asked for help, asked for, you know, guidance for these people to be able to find solutions and resolutions uh, in a positive way for them. And um, as I said, one of those situations resolved literally the next day. Yeah. Um, And the other is in the process of resolving itself, uh, hopefully in a, in a positive way. And, um, my daughter 
you know, it, it's funny. My daughter is, she thinks this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Such a <laughs> Because we're always home together, the four Aww. of us. And so that's amazing. And because I had an inkling that this whole school shutting down thing was going to happen, we actually bought her a laptop. Because in my head, I was like, if this happens, she's going to need her own laptop because I need mine for work. I work from home and my son will also need something. And we, we luckily also have a desktop. And so we're going to need at least three computers going every day. So my daughter has a laptop. So we're always together and now she has a laptop. So she just thinks that like all the stars have aligned and this is just like her magical time. (laughs) Um, she's probably running the cdc by now she just she thinks this is just like she just keeps telling me she's like i can't believe i have a laptop mom this is so cool this is so nice and but at the same time what's funny is she came to me tonight and she said um mom i've noticed i'm not sleeping well i can't sleep and and i looked at her and i said well why do you think that is And she said, she's like, I don't know. She's like, and I said, because in a sense, this started happening a few weeks ago, that there's been a lot of, uh, you know, stress and stuff. Uh, They started sharing room again, which they've done their their whole lives. And then they kind of started getting independent and sleeping in separate rooms. And then I noticed about three weeks ago, now they're always in the same room again. And I just, you know, I'm fine with that. And so I said, well, is it because, you know, your brother's with you? Is he keeping you up? And she's like, no. She's like, I love having him there. She's like, it's not him. And then she kind of pointed to like the room in a, in a round way with her arm. And she goes, it's not this. She's like, this is awesome. She's like, I just can't sleep. And I know her and how she behaves in the past And, uh, this is what she does when anything stressful is happening in our family. Um, like if my husband and I are dealing with stuff between each other, if we have stuff going on with family and the kids don't necessarily know, but my husband and I are kind of stressed out. She knows, she doesn't know why, but it affects her. And I, I can see the effects on her, even though she doesn't, she doesn't get it or understand what's happening. So this was the first time that she was old enough to actually verbalize it to me. And so I got out um, some other books that we're going to be listing for people. Um, And I'm going to start doing meditation with the kids again. Okay. Um, Because although they don't, and I have some excellent books. One is uh, Starbright Meditations for Children, Simple Simple Visualizations to Help Children Sleep Peacefully, Awaken Creativity, Develop Concentration, Learn to Quiet Themselves. Another book that's just called Teaching Your Children Meditation And then a book I also like uh, that's called A Handful of Quiet, Happiness and Four Pebbles. And that's also kind of a very, of a very Taoist nature. Um, Mm. Oh, and then another one, um, Sitting Still Like a Frog, Mindfulness Exercises for Kids. And that one actually comes with a DVD. Sitting Still Like a Frog. It's so sweet. Yeah. And that one actually comes with a DVD, which is really awesome. But, um, you know, that's one of the hardest, that's one of the hardest things when you're dealing with something like this is because you know, you're not only dealing with your own, your own stress, the stress of, you know, your partner and the stress of extended family, but a lot of times the kids pick up on that stress and they don't even understand. They don't even know it. They just know that something feels unsettled. And so we're going to start doing some, um, mindfulness exercises, some meditation exercises kind of as a family, 
Um, we actually printed out, it's really funny, the COVID-19 daily schedule that people have probably <laughs> seen around on Facebook. That shit is on my fridge. Like we are living by that schedule. And the first day was an absolute shit show. My husband and I looked at each other like, this is not helpful. This is not going to work. <laughs> and then today was the second day we did it and it was much better. And part and of it was because the kids would look to it like, oh, what are we supposed to be doing at this time? So I can tell it's a good thing and it helps because with so much weighing on your head and your heart, it's so nice to not think, you know what I mean? Just be like, look at what does the paper tell me I have to do? I'm going to do what the paper tells me to do. And so that's been slowly uh, getting positive. So I'm going to start working meditation into our routine. And um, at this point, I'm really focused on one, getting back into routine because I think that's really tough on all of us, especially people mm -hmm. with kids when you're out of routine. Um, and so I'm trying to add meditation to that. And I'm also just trying to um, add self-care. And so I've been taking a lot of baths <laughs> just to try and relax and regroup and uh, have been burning candles like a crazy person. I have so Me many candles too. going right now. And I've been burning a ton of incense. I'm running out of incense, which is starting to give me anxiety, but that's okay. Um, just trying to be calm. And I keep reminding myself that it's not going to be like this in six months. It's not going to be like this in a year. And so I'm just more at this point focused on let's get a good routine going and then I'm going to start planning fun things that I know are coming up this summer, fun things uh, for my birthday in the fall, some fun vacations we were going to maybe do next year, and just kind of start looking forward to things. And so right now I'm just kind of, you know, trying to settle back into routine and work with the kids on trying to, because like I said, even though my daughter, like, she thinks she's walking on a cloud right now there's clearly something unsettled in there. And yeah. so, um, you know, just working on that. And um, this is a hard time. It's a hard time for a lot of people. And I think, as, you know, it's kind of funny. A bunch of mom friends and I were posting about how, um, you know, making jokes about how this homeschool stuff is just bullshit and garbage. And it's just like, oh my, kill me now. And we're making jokes about it. And then, uh, you know, moments later, the governor declares that school's out for six weeks. Instead of two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, then so all of a sudden, all these, like, funny, humorous, jokey comments were like, we're like, wah. Oh. I, I couldn't even make fun of you when you called me today. And I always make fun of you. I, like, you I was like, oh. Oh. I'd love to piggyback on the mindful meditation for a second um, with a recommendation. I think your book recommendations are amazing. And also I just, uh, I'm Powell's Powell's books online is still do, uh, filling orders. So if you're struggling to find orders on Amazon or anywhere else, that's a good resource. Uh, we can put that on the website in a way to support a smaller business. Um, but as far as mindful meditation goes, there is a website called mindoasis.org and they are doing free daily community mindful meditation sessions through June, uh, in response to COVID-19. So 
if you are, if books aren't your thing and like visuals, there'll be, it'll, there'll be a instructor there guiding you. Um, if that's an easier thing for anyone, that's another good resource for, uh, mindfulness. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I'm trying to use this time as an opportunity and there's been a number of writing projects that, um, I've been neglecting. And, and so I'm, I'm reminding myself that if I don't take advantage of at least some of this time, that I'm going to regret it later on. So I've been focused on that. Uh, One of the things that I'm trying to do is actually work on my Irish language skills, which are garbage. But um, there are some free classes on a website called Future Learn. And one of them is learning Irish. So I'm working on that, which is great since I write about Irish mythology. It'd be good for me to know a little more about the language. Um, and so one of the things that we wanted to offer tonight to our listeners is, um, some other resources that are either free or low cost that are online. So if you are stuck at home and you're starting to despair, um, at the very least to distract yourself, if not to, you know, to use this time, um, to either develop an interest or deepen your magical practice. Um, so I'm going to list a couple of these things. And again, all of these links will be on our website at thatwitchlife.com. So, um, one of them, Benabel Wen, whom we interviewed last summer, she has a whole YouTube series, which is an introduction to Taoist occultism. Um, there's also Reflections Mystery School. It's all online, which focuses on magical and personal evolution of the soul. Um, basic witchcraft and also astrology and tarot classes you can get on Sacred Mists. Um, I actually teach a spellcraft class on there, so that's another option for you. Um, I highly recommend the Irish Pagan School, uh, especially if you're interested in Irish Celtic mythology. Um, This has some really wonderful resources. Some of them are free. Um, Some of the classes have a modest cost, but it's um, it's all very scholarly information, most of it taught by native Irish sources. So I highly recommend going there. A couple of weeks ago, we interviewed Queen Ahaset Haru, and she has just been putting out video after video of relationship advice, and it's all really hilarious. So whether or not you're on the market, yeah, whether or not you're on the market, it's just a, a really, really good thing to watch. Oh, by the way, speaking of relationship stuff, I forgot to tell you guys about the trashy Netflix recommendation I have. I've already binged it, which is really great to watch during this time. Love is Blind. I already watched it. I already binged it. You watched it? Oh my God, it's so bad. Kanani, you have to watch it. It's so bad. Kanani, first of all, (laughs) I watched this with my roommate and we watched it, I think all in one go or very close to all in one go. Oh, you just, it just, you it's amazing. The the premise of this is that they brought in what, 12 different people, six men, six women, all very heteroborative. Anyway, they never see each other. I mean, the people who are men are all like in one area of the house and the people who are women are all in the other area of the house. And they go on these dates and these pods where they don't actually see each other and they talk to each other. And then they're supposed to fall in love just based on these dates. And actually a number of them ended up proposing to one another without actually having seen each other. This is after like a week going into these pods and talking to people and they don't see each other for the first time until they're engaged. That is creepy. (laughs) That is so bad. 
the first time I watched it, I got really angry. I'm like, oh my God, they are manipulating these poor people. They're, they're forcing them and they're like, you know, messing with their emotions. And then of course I watched the next episode and then I'm hating myself. And then I watched the next episode and then I turn around and I've seen all 11 episodes. And Wait, so favorite line in that is Jessica is a messica. <laughs> <laughs> It's so bad. And they don't really know until they're at the altar in their wedding clothes and their $10,000 wedding gowns if they're actually going to say I do or not. So it's high drama. It's total. Oh, God. It's, you know, it actually was kind of nice because I think it was something that I could just turn my brain off on. Like, I think that like. During, you know, with work and everything and just the general state of the world and everything we're all going through, like, I found it really nice just to check out for a second. Oh, for sure. Because I usually listen to political podcasts all day long while I work or witchcraft podcasts all day long. And this time I turned off all my podcasts and I put on the mindless garbage of Love is Blind. It is on Netflix. Highly recommend. If you need a mental rinse, watch the show and you'll hate yourself. Rinse is what I'm calling the wiener show. And my husband and I have been watching, I think it's Netflix, the Netflix Wait, the Wiener the, show. It's not what it's called. No, no, no. It's either, it's either, I can't remember if it's Netflix or Amazon, but it's a four part documentary on Lorena Bobbitt. <gasps> oh my God. I have to see this. Yes. I and so my husband, so, and so he started calling it the Wiener show because I was calling it the Wiener show. So I think oh we're three God. episodes into the Wiener show and it's like fascinating. Oh, that is totally my jam is true crime from the 90s. That is my favorite. The O.J. Simpson trial, the Tanya Harding thing, and now the Lorena Bobbitt. Okay, the Wiener Show. Just want to throw this out there, though, like huge trigger warning for that documentary for people for domestic violence. Oh, yeah. Obviously trigger warning. Obviously trigger warning because something happens to somebody's pee-pee. I'll just let you know. It's less about that, but trigger warning because the domestic violence and abuse that she experienced. Yes. Scenario is, is so really, there's in a lot of, see, that's the thing is a lot of people didn't really follow the story. And yes. so when you hear some lady just chop this guy's wang off, you think, well, because he's lying, cheating, no good. Well, it actually wasn't because of infidelity. It was because of sexual and domestic abuse. Yeah. It, it, it is a very, it's, it's fascinating. And I think it's a really good documentary, but like it is, it is a hard watch if you are a survivor of a sexual assault, a sexual assault or domestic violence. So just big, 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 big trigger warning. I think it's a beautifully done documentary, but I don't want anyone to go into that unprepared. So you watch the Wiener show. I mean, I don't want to call it that because I think the, <laughs> the subject matter is so, is so sad. Um, and so intense, but yes, I did watch the Wiener show. <laughs> No, I have to go watch that. That's why I have to go watch the reader show. Well, well, if you're interested in, in like getting into stories that are more in depth, another really great listen during this time is called you're wrong about it's a podcast. It's been on for about two years and they go into stories like this. Like they went into the, like Kanani, I was telling you about this. They did a whole episode on Anna Nicole Smith and you were on team pro Anna Nicole Smith, when everyone else was making fun of her, you would always stop them and say, do not make fun of her. That woman is a heartbroken, heartbroken person and things that bad things have happened to her. Well, they went into that and basically proved you right. And I listened to that because you told me about that. And I 
freaking loved that show. It's so good. So they have like the Jones, the Jonestown massacre episode, again, major trigger warning, but you know, we always talk about like, Oh, these people were all crazy. They drank the Kool-Aid, but it's actually a really tragic story about a number of people who were held against their will and forced to do horrible things like, Oh my God. So definitely another really great podcast to binge is you're wrong about. And also we're happened to be on her side because um, the host is from Portland and she also went to the same college that I did. So yay Pacific Northwest. So another really great thing. Um, and they also have a two part Tanya Harding special, which of course is the reason I, mean, I started listening to it. Cause anything about Tanya Harding, I will stop what I'm doing and listen to it. You know. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of reality shows, did I ever tell you guys that I was interviewed? I'd like, I've been interviewed for reality shows a number of times when I lived in New York. And once I actually auditioned for one, they tell you that I remember that. Yes. No, they were doing this. This is like why I know reality TV is horrible and terrible. Horrible. Yeah. So they were trying to do this reality TV show about tarot readers. And so they brought me in and I missed like the, the first, um, audition, I guess, where basically they brought in a bunch of tarot readers and gave them all champagne and made them drink a lot and then film them individually, trying to get them to talk terribly about each other. But I knew all of these women and they were all super nice and I just knew what happened is they probably all got tipsy and started saying, I think that she's really pretty. I really like her. And they tried to do the same thing to me as they were interviewing me. And they're like, so what do you think of Amber? Do you think she'd steal your boyfriend? And I was like, I would like, be the star what? of that fucking show. No, I would you wouldn't. Like, you know no, you would get up bitch. and walk away. I know you. I know you. Because they looked at me and they're like, so what do you think of Amber? And I said, I think she's, she seems nice. I don't know. I don't really know her that well. And they're like, well, what if she's still your boyfriend? I go, Oh no, he is. She's totally not his type. He is not into that. Like he, he really, her voice is too squeaky. He would leave the room. Like they were looking at me like so disappointed that I just was not playing into it. And they like teased my hair really big and they said my makeup was not right. And so they put all this, this, this heavy eyeshadow on me and put me in this really ridiculous black dress. And then they like went, this was in this, this rehearsal hall and they went next door and picked up this woman who I guess was in an acting class. And they dragged this poor woman in and made me read her tarot. And I'm sitting here reading her tarot and I'm actually giving her some, like looking at this and it, the truth is that she, I, I don't remember exactly what the reading was, but I was, it was, there was something serious in there and I was trying to talk to her about it and like, Hey, you know, you can get past this. Da, 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 da. And they kept being like, so what does it say about her ex-boyfriend? Huh? is her ex-boyfriend coming back? I'm like, no, 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 no. She's done with that. So anyway, and then they're just, they kept trying to like coach me. They were trying so hard. They were trying so hard. So nevertheless, I did not get picked for that reality show. I don't think it happened because honestly, the tarot reading community is very supportive. Maybe they went and started making Long Island Psychic or something. I have not seen it, but whatever they like, it was just, that's why when I watch reality TV, I'm looking at it going, oh my God, I know what's happening behind the scenes because I've seen it. They're trying so hard to make these people hate each other. Well, there's so. a reason that in the house they're always half drunk and there's booze everywhere. Yes. Like that is incredibly yeah. intentional. Yeah. Like if they only knew how much money they could save on booze by having me there, because I will talk shit about everyone and I don't need to have a drop of alcohol in my system. You know what? That's actually such a lie because you do not talk shit about anyone except to us. 
you were like so tight lipped. So you make up this thing where you're like, but you like don't. But you if I had a camera in front of me, oh, you could bet your sweet ass I would. No, I no, I, I'm calling bullshit. I think if they looked at you, you'd be like, don't ask me about that. Don't involve me with your whole shit. And you just walk out. You'd be like, don't get me involved. <laughs> you you think so much nicer of me. I love that. No, it's true that. All right, well, whatever. So uh, you, you t- <laughs> Hillary's like, I'm staying out of this one. I'm sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> right. All right. So a couple more recommendations um, for those who are trying to get, um, do some witchcraft work during this time away. Um, there is a witchcraft writer named Gide Parma who is in Australia and they run a course on ecstatic witchcraft. Um, of course we have the house of twigs run by our friend, Erica Fortner, who has lots of online resources. Um, Fantasia crystals based in Phoenix, just launched a blog that has lots of articles on how to do different spells. And then if you want to get super nerdy, um, Morgan Daimler, who we're interviewing in a couple of weeks, um, posted an article called magic in the middle ages via the university of Barcelona, which I'm going to geek out on. Um, yeah. And be sure to check out some of our other, uh, witchcraft podcast friends, um, the Southern fried witch podcast. I could listen to her all day. Super comforting Alabama accent. So yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely bring down the, the, um, the angst in the house. Um, same thing with new world witchery, super laid back, witches. It's like, will absolutely make you feel so much more at ease, no matter what is going on. Um, they could talk about, uh, the bubonic plague apocalypse Chernobyl. And I'd be like, well, that's nice. So, um, and then some other, like the fat feminist, witch is one of our personal favorites. Um, she's awesome, super informative. It will keep you super, uh, you know, mentally charged for hours. And then, um, the modern witch podcast, which is run by Devin Hunter, whom we will also be interviewing in a couple of months. Um, a couple of new ones, the Hoof and Horn podcast that just came out. And um, that one's run by a couple of witches out in the Midwest. They talk about magic, but also pop culture. And then um, the Blackthorn Grove, which is the brand new podcast by Amy Blackthorn, whom we Amy just interviewed. Yes. So, and then a couple of uh, non-witchcraft podcasts in addition to You're Wrong About. Um, the Toasted Sister podcast, which is solely Native Voices, definitely recommend that one. A lot of artists and chefs, they talk a lot about food, which is one of the reasons I listen to it, because anytime somebody's talking about food, I'm there. And then another one, which is I think is really important right now, is um, is How to Survive the End of the World, which is one run by Adrienne Marie Brown. And she talks about um, focusing on the concept of apocalypse using the writings of October, um, excuse me, using the writings of Octavia Butler. And she recently put out an episode, which is about some of the practical tools you can use to help your community right now, as we're going through a little um, mini apocalypse. So those are Coco's resources and y'all will be busy for at least a week. Um, so Kanani, what other television are you watching right now? Cause I know you're not only watching the Wiener show. I'm not just watching the Wiener Show. Oh my um, God. Did not call it that. Jeez Louise. <laughs> God, you guys are the worst. I know. True. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what I've been watching lately. We've been, everything is just upside down right now. We've been doing, every Friday, we usually have family movie night. And so since this has been going on in an effort to kind of make things fun, we've had family movie night every every night. So last night I watched Ant-Man 
And tonight I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. So <laughs> my life is very Marvel centric right now, but um, so we're doing, I'm watching, you know, lots of they. Um, one of the cool things that Disney did was they released uh, Frozen 2 three months early. To oh, I'm going to see it. I'm going to watch that later. Knowing that all that you will love it because it's all about nature spirits, earth, air, fire, yes. water. Um, and so knowing all the kids would be home, they release, or a lot of children would be home. They released it three months early. <gasps> so that was oh. very cool. Um, other, so other places are doing stuff like that, which I think is neat. Yeah. I um, think Universal is doing something like that too. Who? Universal. Yeah. So they're going to release, I think on, uh, they're going to start releasing their movies that would have gone to theater where you yeah. can rent them from home. Okay. Instead of because you won't be able to go to the theater. So I thought that was very clever. Um, So we're just starting to, you know, kind of, like I said, everything's just kind of upside down right now. So I'm, I'm kind of wanting to find some things that I can binge watch. I, (laughs) I had this idea because now that I have Disney plus I have Hulu and I'm like, Oh, I can finally watch handmaid's tale. And then I was like, no, that's not a good idea. I am not financially or I'm not emotionally stable enough. Yeah, I was going to I was going to be like no, uh, no right now. Definitely it not. It it loses all of its actual intellectual meat after season 1. I know you saw season 1, but season 2 and season 3 were like, "Oh no, look at the terrible things that are happening to the white ladies." And I'm like, I didn't okay. quite finish season 1, but I had heard that from other people that pretty much after season 1 it's pretty much done. Yeah. Season one is definitely the best also like, but I mean the, even, even in season two and three, I've watched all three seasons. It, um, even in season two, there's three, right? Is that my right? There's three seasons. Yeah. I think I, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I was so mad at Serena joy. I'm like, you are a terrible character. Oh, you're you're a terrible. Person. Yeah. It's okay. If you're a terrible person, but a good character, like a well-written character. Oh no, I can't, I can't deal with a bad character. character I might writing. just need to like go back and just start watching ab fab videos. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think like, that's that's fair. I think watching ab fab videos is fair, and also you should be watching Love Is Blind so that you can like oh. be distracted. Oh my god! <laughs> no, you should. No, you it. totally should. You have to watch it. Come on, you have to watch it. It's so bad. It's good. And <laughs> I know. That aggravates me. I would never. I would never ever date someone that I couldn't see. I would never. I mean, you would think that, but all these people went into this thinking the same thing. And because they gave them money. I mean, don't be, don't get me wrong. If you gave me $10,000, I'd probably do it too. You know it's sorry to my to husband, me? but. You know what it said to me was that, um, you know, so often people start chatting with someone online or then they start texting and they don't meet for a while and they start to build up in their mind who this person is just based on their correspondence. So honestly, this kind of stuff happens all the time, not necessarily okay. getting engaged sight unseen, but people build up relationships with someone that they just don't see in person. And then when they see them in person or they interact with them, it's just not right. Exactly. That's exactly, that's exactly the reason why I, it just aggravates me just the thought of it because there were times in the little snippets of windows that I've been single where I would do that. I would, <laughs> someone would introduce someone to me and they'd be like, Hey, you guys should talk. And I would talk and you'd be like hitting it off. And you're like, huh, this is kind of cool. And you meet them in person and you're like, Oh no. Nope. Are no, you talking no, no. about that? Are you talking about that one forty-eight hour window one time that you were single? I think it was. I, I think it might have been fifty-one hours, but it was fifty-one. Oh, okay. Closer to seventy-two. You guys I are being seventy-two. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Hillary, you were going to recommend some musicians people should check I, out. I do have some musicians people should check out. So in a, um, here in Portland, Oregon, we have a performance artist named Soraya. He does throat singing, like tuban throat singing. Um, and he, he is also phenomenal, very meditative music, very just, I think he brings so much power and energy into everything he does. So, um, I would definitely check that out. Um, I will plug. So I've been working on this music project for quite some time. We had this big LA show on the 27th that we had to cancel, obviously due to the COVID-19, um, precautions, but the artist that I've been working with on this project in LA is called Chalista. She has an album that came out this year called Transfigurations. Uh, it's really beautiful. It, uh, it approaches a lot of social justice issues, specifically around affordable housing and displacement. Um, the music is incredible. Uh, I've, I've been really lucky to be able to go do live shows with her. There's also another beautiful singer on the album. Um, so definitely check them out. And then this is a total throwback. But I'm a big Dead Can Dance fan. Um, yes, love them. I love everything oh. Dead Can Dance. But Lisa Gerard and Peter Bork put together an album called Duality. I think it came out in like, I want to say like 98, 99. It is gorgeous. It is uh, also very meditative, like really beautifully done music. Um, and I highly recommend if you if you need to just check out for a minute and be kind of transported to another world, uh, that album is is worth a listen as a throwback. Um, no. and I, wanted, I wanted to wrap up um, with uh, reading something from Rachel Pollock's Tarot Wisdom, Spiritual Teachings and Deeper Meanings. Um, there is a card in the tarot called The Hermit, which we're all definitely experiencing right now. So I wanted to read um, Rachel's reflections. And so uh, I'm, I'm offering this as an invitation to a meditation for our listeners. So if y'all are listening, uh, take a second and get comfortable. Um, and, um, and we'll read and bring us into the space of the hermit. Let's state the obvious first. The hermit means being alone, whether by choice or circumstance, a person goes through a period, either literally alone or emotionally apart. What does alone mean? People sometimes make a, mis a distinction between aloneness and loneliness. Presumably, we choose the former and suffer the latter and hope that the choice will always be ours. Almost anyone in a long-term relationship will enjoy occasional times when their partner goes away and they can do the things they want, make noise at all hours, eat things the partner hates, or simply rediscover who they are outside the relationship. Very few, however, would want to give up the relationship entirely for the sake of permanent alone time. When I travel, I happily can go days without talking to anyone. At home, I enjoy seeing friends. I know someone who will spend days in the house not answering the phone or even listening to the messages, but she gets frustrated on planes if she sits next to a person who doesn't want to talk. If someone asks the tarot, will I find my soulmate this year and the hermit appears, disappointment will be the likely result. But if a person asks, what do I need in my life right now? The hermit may excite, may excite with its possibilities. And even if the question becomes, what do I need to find my soulmate? The hermit may suggest a useful quest for self-acceptance. But is this all the hermit means to be alone? The image and its history reveals a web of ideas. 
When I was a child, I read everything, but I loved fairy tales best of all. In college, when I needed to specialize in some aspect of literature, I chose King Arthur, for didn't those stories resemble fairy tales with knights and wizards in castles that vanished in the morning and a golden chalice that healed the sick? I soon noticed an interesting literary device. Merlin acted as Arthur's tutor, although often playing tricks on him, a playful Hermes as a Magus Hermes, and when someone else, Lancelot, for example, needed instruction or magical information, a hermit would appear to reveal the necessary truth. I began to imagine the Arthurian woods filled with wise old hermits dressed in long, ragged robes and carrying stout staves. They were always old and always wise." Where did this image come from? To some extent, actual models existed. People who abandoned ordinary social involvement to devote themselves to meditation and prayer. Most went to monasteries, but a few probably took their chances on their own. At the same time, the image, the idea of a hermit exists among many cultures. The Hindu god Shiva lives in a dark cave until the time comes to destroy the universe. Shamans go off for long periods to draw visions to themselves. A great Eskimo shaman told, the, told an explorer that he would go on the ice for, um, for days without food or shelter because solitude and suffering opened the human mind. Is this then the hermit, a shaman on a vision quest? Since he holds up a lantern, we could say he has found his vision and now uses his knowledge to light the way for others. When the hermit appears in the reading, we need to ask if he signifies the querent or someone who will serve as a teacher or a guide. And then the hermit shines a light for us, but only if we climb high enough to see him. For he dwells on a mountaintop and we need the commitment and courage of strength to reach a level where we can see the hermit's lantern. The Shining Tribe Tarot shows the hermit himself on the path. He has left the ordinary world behind and mounted a hill of meditation where he will step through a dark doorway. On the other side, he will find a lantern left by previous hermits. We make the commitment in the darkness of our ignorance, and only when we do so will we discover that the light is waiting for us. There's an old Sufi joke that speaks of these issues and the fool's relationship to the hermit. A man walking down the street in ancient Baghdad sees uh, Nasruddin, the fool of many such tales, searching the ground under a street lamp. Asked what he is doing, Nasruddin answers, I lost my keys and I need to get them into my house. Bending down to help, the man says, where exactly did you drop them? Oh, over on the next street, Nasruddin answers. The next street, then why are you searching here? Well, the light's better, he said. Maybe the hermit tells us that before we can search through the keys, we need to climb through the darkness into the genuine light. Unless we hold the light of love and passion, all our attempts at knowledge or meditation or sacred truth becomes a lantern that gives off no illumination, no warmth on that lonely mountaintop. We must become the images. We must turn ourselves into fire. I must say, I didn't read the entire section, just sections of it. So I really encourage people to go back and check out the Tara Wisdom and read the entire section on the hermit because I feel it's really poignant right now given what we're going through. Um, so we're also putting out a call. If any of our listeners uh, want to share what's going on with them in their part of the world, how is this coronavirus affecting you and what you are doing either personally or magic 
magically to combat it, um, to email us at thatwitchlifepodcast or gmail.com. There's also a uh, message submission form on our website. Um, also on our website, you can find all the links to the things that we mentioned tonight. And, you know, just hang in there, guys. Um, we will come back with more bonus content. And so we can try to be with you a little more often as we're trying to get through all this. I think that, you know, hang in there, everybody. Um, we know this isn't easy. Uh, you know, we're available on Facebook. We're available on Instagram. We're available at thatwishlife.com. Reach out to us via email. Uh, you know, we're here to support you and we appreciate all the support that we get from our community as well. And just everybody take care of, you know, take care of, uh, take care of yourself, you know, try and enjoy some time with your family. Um, just, I think this is a really, really important time to be focused on self care. And I think it's also, you know, a good reminder of, of how we are all one community and how important it is to kind of look after each other and be there for each other. And I think this further proves the point that we need those around us to be okay, just as much as we ourselves need to be okay. So we do, I'm, I'm excited that we're going to bring some bonus content just so that people can kind of, you know, get a distraction from the craziness that's happening and, kind of, you know, understand that we get it and, and we're in it too. And, you know, we're here for you guys to answer questions. If you have questions that come out and just kind of to share with you what we do on our journeys. All right, friends, until then, blessed be, we'll see you next week. Blessed be witches. Blessed be. Join us on the first and third Mondays of the month for magical tools, tips, and stories about living as a witch in today's world. Find us at thatwitchlife.com for archived episodes or to ask your burning questions for us to answer in a future podcast. So, so mode it be. be.